Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now on with Monkey Tennis. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Aha! Damn! Back of the net. Monkey tennis? In no way, you big spastic, you're a mentalist! Damn! Sorry, well, that was just a noise. Monkey tennis? I got, uh, really drunk last night. Shake everywhere. Monkey tennis? Uh, minor criticism, more distance between the eggs and the beans. Monkey tennis? I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. You're unpacking. Basically, Beef tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Can I have a glass of water, please? Hello and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. You've joined us again for a comic relief and feedback special. I'm Adam Brooks and I'm joined by Tom Dark. I said I would find out more. I haven't done that. Nick Older. Dead Dog Dosh. And Tom Stab. Get out the fucking way. <laughs> so uh, we're going to come to your feedback in a little while but first we want to talk about Alan's latest foray into comic relief uh, we've done two other episodes about his various entanglements with uh, charity work over the years but it's time to look at 2019's edition uh, so it starts with a couple of flubbed links uh, they cut to Alan where he's having a uh, discussion with someone off camera about the state of his uh, expenses at the BBC basically claiming that he is going to get a train, a first-class train, <laughs> claim that for £430. Claiming, pounds. crucially claiming. Yeah, for £430, but actually just giving £30 to a mate to buy a new pair of shoes <laughs> and pocketing the other 400 quid for himself. <laughs> so uh, I, I actually checked Norwich to London train prices. The most expensive you could get is only 186 quid. So by any measure, this is an absolute expenses fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, let's talk for a second about Alicia Dixon, uh, who I thought sucked a lot of the 
comedy out of this. I was by, wondering uh, what you were going to say. I didn't know where that was going. <laughs> as, as, uh, as, as she cut over to, uh, to Alan, she said, uh, good luck, everybody. Hopefully see you on the other side. I mean, I know they all know what's about to happen, but it does drain the comedy out of it a bit when she basically admits, Very, oh, yeah. this is about to go wrong, you know? Very good point, mm. yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I love that, though. The, I, the, in, in particular, the, can you send us a receipt for the train? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I think that's probably just because of the slapdash nature of North Norfolk Digital um, that probably don't mm. need receipts, but Alan's not familiar um, with the fact that the BBC definitely will, for auditing <laughs> purposes, require a receipt. <laughs> yeah! Yeah. Um, so yeah. when they cut, they cut back to him, uh, and he is prepared. Uh, there's a couple of things. Firstly, Tim Key, aka Simon's beard, is massive, which presumably is a bit of a continuity error for the fact that this falls between two episodes of this time where he's very cleanly shaven. You couldn't grow that beard in a week, could you? Yeah, I no. mean, I, I assume they they must have filmed this fairly recently because when Clang we saw him at the screening event, his beard was massive then, wasn't it? Yeah, and I presume he's got to have it for some other role that he's doing, and so mm. it's an unavoidable problem that they, they mm. they've just chosen to ignore. Yeah, and um, the, the 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 Gibbons brothers appeared on the Empire podcast relatively recently. I think it was the week that the first episode um, of this time went out, and they said that they had been shooting the comic relief um, oh, yeah. s- uh, section the, the the night before. They've been doing it literally the night before they recorded the Empire podcast. So yeah, within the last maybe three weeks, they've done that. There we go. Uh, let's briefly talk about Simon's tea. The slogan, nice legs, shame about the face. Uh, that's what he's chosen for his uh, comic relief debut. Uh, and isn't, debut that a song, isn't that a song that Alan played in a Mid-Morning Matters episode? Yes, it is. Yes. Good, good spot. Yeah. Good spot. Yeah. A song that is just plain hateful to women. Yes, that's, that's the one. one. Yeah. Um, within a minute, he's accused Scottish people of not repaying their debts. Um, <laughs> I also noticed the tooth lapel that's been missing in the last few episodes of this time is back. He's wearing it again. Um, yeah, I have a theory about the tooth badge, which I can go into now. But annoyingly, the comic relief thing does partly scupper it. Uh, but we could ignore that. Shall I dive into this? Go for it. Okay, so we talked about this on a previous episode. Uh, Steve Coogan, in an interview with The Guardian, said the tooth the tooth lapel badge uh, represents a shadowy showbiz organisation not unlike the Freemasons that looks after its members whilst doing philanthropic works. Uh, it may never get a mention in the script, he says, but it's all been worked out and is authentic to the character. So the theory that I had was based around the fact you see the badge in episodes one and two and then you haven't we haven't seen it since, so episodes three and four. So we haven't seen it since Alan has been uh, ensconced as the proper permanent show presenter so i was thinking is the badge in a shadowy showbiz organization almost like some kind of bat signal where if he's wearing that badge that's signaling to his other showbiz friends in this network help me get this gig help me secure this gig so were the text messages about john the tweets about john were they planted were they fake messages to help alan get that job role although what does fuck that up is the fact he was wearing it for comic relief so can we just ignore that bit and then it still works? Uh, yes, and great point. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Alan, he then clarifies uh, by saying, uh, he's just said his name backwards, that's Alan Partridge backwards, just saying that I don't, you know, have special needs. Um, also, uh, I presume we all noticed that uh, the fundraising happening in this segment is uh, is uh, divested slightly differently to uh, the rest of the money raised for Comic Relief in that half of it goes to Comic Relief and the other half <laughs> goes to a charitable organisation set up by Alan called Laugh Help. Um, 
and his his pledge is that none of the money goes abroad. Um, now I wondered, is this because of the supposed view that Comic Relief splits money down the middle, half of it going to UK and half of it going to overseas causes? So what Alan thinks that he's done is altered the maths so that he's only giving half to Comic Relief, presumably thinking that's going to stay in the UK. Then the rest of it goes to Norwich-based uh, projects like roundabouts with flowers on top uh, through laugh help so he basically thinks he's gamed the system to make sure none of the money leaves the country it's yeah. a nice theory and that's probably his thinking although yeah. the uh, maths is not sound no. um, <laughs> did anyone have a note of the uh, of the first two pledges that come in one of them which he will do and one of them which he will not do uh, the first one being clown shoes, which he is prepared to do. Um, and sadly, it seems like he will no longer drink a raw egg. That's right. But I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see that there was a time when he would drink a raw egg. But he now doesn't that do is that anymore. off limits. He doesn't it's drink off eggs limits. anymore, even though the money's been pledged by the kids of St. David's Primary School. <laughs> Did you Not all interested. enjoy? Did you all enjoy the reveal of him wearing the clown shoes as well? Yes. I thought that was great. Yeah. Where yeah. the camera just comes out for that. Um, the biggest pledge of this segment comes from the manager of Richer Sounds in Norwich. He pledges 5K for a 15-person conga inside three minutes. Um, I investigated there is a branch of Richer Sounds in Norwich, um, and I saw a tweet from a uh, Melanie3661039, catchy, uh, who <laughs> tweeted at Steve Coogan with three O's. That should have been her first, her first red flag. Uh, she said, my boyfriend is the manager of Richer Sounds Norwich. Ah. Ha ha, one kiss. Can we have a signed photo to go up in his shop three exclamation marks please three exclamation marks please please emoji uh <laughs> which could have been great but she's tweeted a parody account that's only ever tweeted once saying smell my cheese in 2011 at another <laughs> parody account so no, no joy for <laughs> melanie there but nice try um i do like the uh, the, the richer sounds reference is essentially a modern day tandy so it's a nice callback to the days of tandy oh yeah very good um, are there even many richer sounds around these days i feel like even no. that's a bit dated isn't it <laughs> Yeah, there's a few, but uh, yeah, perhaps a dying breed. Um, you, you can still find them. Yes. Um, <laughs> he makes a sly joke about he starts to form this conga, but uh, but one guy's getting a bit handsy with a woman in front of him, uh, so he has to rectify that. Although he does basically imply that the only reason anyone would do a conga is to enjoy a bit of sanctioned touching. <laughs> Um, there's a line that almost gets missed here uh, where he says uh, oh, here we are everyone coming together like Ca- David Cameron's big society I don't know if you remember it about eight years ago and then his sentence is interrupted by a giant bin fall but, uh, which, obviously which was is, amazing yeah, yeah and unexpected um, the bin fall takes precedence but I do think the phrasing is a great dig at A the idea that big society is all but forgotten and B it implies you to maybe take a look at how we're doing as a country now versus uh, the optimistic days of David Cameron's big society yeah, and very then the good. metaphor of just stumbling over a bin and yes. being dazed and confused. Yeah. We are we are a nation hurtling, hurtling headfirst towards a bin full of rubbish. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I, thought, I thought Simon did a decent job of taking over for a few seconds, uh, professionally handing back to the studio until Alan sort of garbles. No, we don't. We're not hand back. <laughs> it made me think that this is what I want to see more of Simon in this time. I would like to see Simon on the streets with the people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's a man of the people, even though he wears offensive t-shirts. Yeah. I do like uh, Alan when he's in a, a state of kind of like bafflement uh, after some kind of injury. So whether it's kind of, you know, garbling to Lynn when he's put his foot on a spike or here where he's just like making nonsensical comments to Simon. I do enjoy Alan when he's in when he's in this kind of state. 
and he's in it for pretty much until the end of the second yeah. now, isn't he? It's basically blind, injured panic from now until, <laughs> until it's over. Uh, he tries to film in a shop. They won't let him film. He chases a woman who attempts to pepper spray him. Uh, I like that exchange a lot where, where she says, you could have been an attacker. And he said, well, you didn't bother to ask. <laughs> <laughs> the onus very much on her to, uh, to politely ask any potential attacker. Um, and then he goes into a bit of a rant about the BBC walking on eggshells talking about sticks that identify as arrows uh, yeah like he basically gets gets about as politically incorrect as we've seen him lately I think possibly because of a head injury <laughs> I, I, I would just say in general I thought this was this was perfect this was liquid partridge this whole six minute segment I thought it's probably one of the best, if not the best, comic relief things I think he's done. I think mm. as a distillation of the character and all the things you would expect him to do, I just it, it's just a perfect vehicle, isn't it? I think Alan back, back out on the streets and in the regions as a rubbish broadcaster, that's what everybody wants, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, and you can see you can see it coming a mile off, but yeah. he basically pepper sprays uh, Simon yeah. and just says, "I don't know why I did that." <laughs> <laughs> Does Simon call him a prick when he gets pepper sprayed? Yes, yes. yes. yeah. It um, it's too much. Alan's desperately looking for people to complete this conga. The, t- the clock is ticking, uh, so he remembers a nearby scout hut. Um, uh, 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 Adam, I've got to stop you there. Um, he does briefly go down an alley. Yes, um, yes. The, alley was, the alley was closed because a dog choked on some condoms because he thought it was bacon. <laughs> Another note where he's basically like, like the last episode of this time, where he's promised a dog story, but but crucially, no visible dogs. I just love the idea of a dog like not being walked, just on its own down an alley, seeing some condoms, sticky as bacon. Mm. You, you like that idea? Interesting. Well, I like it, but uh, I like just just like just that scenario um, uh, makes me chuckle. So he remembers a nearby scout hut. <laughs> Choke to death on a used condom. <laughs> that's, that's, that's made you happy, hasn't it? Uh, he remembers this nearby scout hut, runs down to the door and says, Alan Partridge, scout patrol leader, 68 to 70. I presume that checks out in iPartridge. I think that was the era that he was. Oh, I am your patrol, patrol leader. Um, God, I don't know. Uh, stabs the leafing through iPartridge while we continue. Um, uh, yeah, you, you, you'll be waiting for a while. What? <laughs> just, what? Just, just say yes for the purposes of a joke. Yeah. Uh, yes. There we go. There we go. Checks out. Uh, what I like is if you think about the scout leader's perspective here, this what he hears without any context before is we need to film a conga for Richard Sounds. We'll o- <laughs> don't worry, we'll only film them from the waist down. Why anyone would agree to that request, I have no idea. Uh, and then does follow it up. <laughs> it's for the children, I beg of you. But crucially, at no point does he mention you're live on BBC One or it's for Comic Relief. <laughs> the main phrases he should have gone for yeah brilliant um, he's now got 15 congies a conga quorum uh, but when he gets back to his original spot the first batch have presumably congered off to chicken cottage um, I wonder if, if that's another reference to people being chickens like he's used with Michael uh, uh, can yeah, I have an nice. egg yeah, and I, I want you so. to lay it yeah I think he's also um, casting aspersions on the general public in terms of where do they go to eat they'd go to a chicken cottage because he thinks he's better than them, basically. Because I don't think you'd see Alan eating in Chicken Cottage. You no. would see him in Nando's, but that's a very different type of experience. Very uh, true. Is it also worth mentioning, <laughs> I just enjoyed him shouting, get your knees up at the kids when they're going down the road as well. That was a great uh, line. 
before the absolute failure, not even managing to get 15 people in a Congo, which to be fair was a fairly achievable goal uh, three minutes ago. Uh, he, <laughs> he then dejectedly says, back to Stench and Fonders. I mean, whoever's doing it this year, I hate comic relief. And that's the end <laughs> of Alan's section on comic relief. Um, what did you think of it? Uh, I thought, bear in mind, you know, it's it's a it's a five minute skit. Um, I thought it was good. Uh, I enjoyed the sort of the quick snippet at the beginning and this kind of um, more sort of developed piece. Um, good good standard that's been on par with this time so far. So yeah, enjoyed. Yeah, and I think uh, there's a tweet later on that uh, kind of sums up what I think as well. Is that uh, someone falling into some bins is never not going to be funny. <laughs> well, I have got I have got some listener feedback if uh, if it's uh, good to start reading. So yes, let's dive into feedback. So um, feedback from our listeners is first up from uh, at Mighty Blackout who says credit where it's due. <laughs> As uh, Stab just said, a man tripping into steel bins is never not funny. And to be fair, I would agree with him as well. Uh, at Ferndale Louise says, thought it was hilarious. Best bit of the night. Um, I mean, not, the ra- not the raising millions for charity. <laughs> no, 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 no. That pales in comparison. Also, let's be honest, it can be a bit of a slog getting through comic relief. Um, Craigster underscore 90 says, loved it. The trip for and pepper spray in Simon's eyes with the highlights. Uh, random... Man IW says, I wonder if this, <laughs> I suppose it wasn't clear on that. I wonder if this has different writers to this time. For me, this goes back to classic Partridge, 200% better than this time with Alan Partridge. He's managed to put that into a number, which is impressive. <laughs> and then finally, at uh, G.A. Bundy, uh, I thought this was great. Uh, nothing too over the top. Alan in his typically near the knuckle, off script way, jokes that land while making us cringe. So, seems to be well received by listeners, too. Yeah. I think it is worth pointing out very much written by the Gibbons brothers, who also wrote this time. It's just, it's just a just very different vehicle. It, you just well, had to say that. Well, one of the comments you just read out was questioning if it was written by different people. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Um, let me quickly, before we move on to uh, this week's phone calls to the, uh, the Monkey Tennis hotline, these are the ways you can get in touch with us if you'd like to feedback on any uh, Partridge episodes. On Instagram, it's at Monkey Tennis Pod. Twitter is at The Partridge Pod. Facebook.com slash The Partridge Pod. The Partridge Pod at gmail.com. And the Monkey Tennis hotline is 07923 600 I believe we're now about to lead over to Tom Dark, who has some calls. Yeah, so we're going to hear first from Dean in Bolton. Hi there, Monkey Tennis Podcast. This is um, Dean from Bolton. Just want to share my thoughts on this time so far. Uh, I I thought uh, episode two is by far the best and strongest with the man falling off the seating and the shuttlecock. Um, I'm listening now to episode three. Um, And the best uh, thing to happen in that was the, the Scottish man the interview with that uh, and one thing you uh, didn't talk about which I thought you might was the discussion at the start of the show with uh, the two presenters talking about Alan's tan that's actually um, basically word for word what Alan and Zoe talk about I think in episode 6 of the second series of Mid Morning Matters um, I'm really enjoying this, the series so far, it's got lots of uh, Alanisms uh, and they're by far the most weird and shocking moment is seeing Alan as a schoolboy. Uh, cool, yeah, thanks for that, Drew. And I think we've had quite a few tweets also about uh, mentioning that Alan and Zoe have pretty much verbatim the same conversation. Uh, so next call from the hotline, this is uh, James uh, with some viewpoints on Alan's evolution. Good morning, Monkey Tennis, or good evening, depending on what time you're listening to this. Um, Yes, uh, first time caller, it's James here, and I wanted to offer a little bit of feedback. The first off is to say it is brilliant to be able to hear the podcast actually as a show goes out, um, and the amazing feedback and support it's getting, really great. Second thing is, it's interesting that uh, 4Xer is now playing uh, the original Knowing Me, Knowing You with Alan Partridge, and the amount of distance both in terms of the sophistication of the comedy and in some respects the cringiness um, has shown the evolution of Alan Partridge over the, over the decades. I know you've touched on the podcast, but uh, it really is worth having another listen to the original kind of cast uh, post the day-to-day or um, on the hour, obviously, um, to, to, to hear how he's, uh, he's changed a lot, I think it's fair to say. Let's take another call from the hotline. This is Stu Walker. Hi there, Monkey Tennis team, uh, LTL FTC, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, this is Stu's Allen Pedantry Corner, uh, well, Stu's Allen Partridge Universe Pedantry Corner, bracket, TT WAP, end bracket. Um, reference Allen's uh, Partridge's Daily Mail, uh, the newspaper derision last week. Uh, I think you are bang wrong. Um, are you all on an E or something? I don't think Steve or the Gibbons brothers would ever allow a Coogan-esque fourth wall break. Uh, they seem to keep the APU um, airtight. I think Alan's uh, Partridge's reason for sneering at the Daily Mail, uh, the newspaper, is due to the change of editor. In other Alan Partridge material, not only does Alan Partridge express admiration for Paul Dacre, he even describes him as a friend. I think Alan's uh, Partridge's sneering comes from the fact that Paul Dacre is out and left-leaning Ramona Geordie Gregg has taken over the helm of the good ship Daily Mail. 
Well, th- thanks for that, Stu. Uh, I think, with all respect, uh, you are possibly also bang wrong. Uh, I just don't think it's about that. I think it's about Alan was quite a right-leaning character. He's now quite a left-leaning character, and therefore his affiliation with the Daily Mail is not what it once was. It's no longer all about reading Simon Heffer on the veranda. Let's go to the next call. This is Nate from Oxford. I think that was possibly the best episode so far. High density of humour. Um, did you notice when he was walking up the stairs in his house, he was taking them two at a time, which I think is needlessly defiant or funny. Also, the doll had a finger slightly bent up, which suggests it may have ventured south. Well, that's a good observation from Nate. I mean, we noticed the two steps at a time, but did anyone notice the finger? No. I can't say I did. No, I like no. it as a theory, though. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. And uh, rounding off this section, speaking of theories, we're going to go to Nick from Surrey with uh, some Partridge predictions. Hi, guys. This is Nick from Surrey here. I just wanted to call in with some input for Predictor Partridge. Basically, when the trailer for the, first, for the series first aired, I thought, oh, my God, they're going to kill Partridge off. Because in the trailer it seemed to strike quite a sinister tone, plus you saw Partridge really flailing. However, after episode four, where we know that Alan now does at least one selfless activity, i.e. occasionally practicing resuscitation, I think we could be looking at a situation where Partridge manages to redeem himself by resuscitating somebody live on air. Hopefully somebody nicer than Forbes McAllister, who by his own admission was entirely motivated by hatred. I loved episode four. It overtook episode two as my favourite episode of the series. I was really relieved that it was as strong as it was. I thought the lookalike sequence was uh, brilliant, technically and performance-wise. I thought they did really well. And just one final note on those cool little performance bits of Coogan's where sometimes you don't notice it. Am I the only one that loved the insane eye flare he gave at the end of the first eulogy for John Baskell? When the camera zooms away from him, he looks genuinely insane. And it reminded me of something that Chris Morris might have done in the day today. Thank you, guys. Bye for now. Uh, some great predictions there from Nick, I think. Um, just wanted to make a general point about how much feedback we've had for this episode specifically. I think this is the episode we've had the most amount of feedback from. Um, just wanted to say thanks to everyone for their messages and sorry we can't use all of them obviously um but it's great that we've got so many people out there sending us a fit uh, sending us feedback so long may it continue it helps us to to make more episodes and it's good to hear what people are thinking outside of you know us for uh and no for fops this week so for fops no, please, do, shame. For, please do get in touch for for next week and I will just add to what Tom's saying. We do genuinely read every tweet and every email that we get sent. So even if we don't read it, know, read it out, know that we have seen it and we do acknowledge it. So on that point, we've got some feedback from our listeners on episode four of This Time with Alan Partridge. Um, so starting with Tim Grigg, 76, who says, Best Partridge since I'm Alan Partridge. Lovely stuff. Um, at Suddenly Tim says, best episode so far, the Easter eggs like Pete Gavitas and the fat back were ace and the satellite delay suddenly clearing up was great. I'm not sure I entirely agree, but 
you're welcome to your opinions. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, at Three Yard Screamer says, wow, that was shit. Much more my kind of thinking there. <laughs> Did you write that one? <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm just setting up these accounts. Um, at Johnny Dark says, tedious and the first of the new series that I don't want to watch again. Aimed for office-like uncomfortable comedy, but was way off the mark. Um, a follow-up there from at bogey boris who says it was uh, solid middle of the road stuff weakest to the series so far but the series as a whole is uh, an extremely high standard which to be fair i think i would kind of agree with it's the weakest episode but the standard is still uh, very high i mean you're bang wrong okay <laughs> um at ga bundy says i can't type i can't see for tears in my eyes undoubtedly the funniest of the series so far up there with the best of alan um at at Google Mail says, I desperately want to laugh more at this, but Simon and Lynn are both being wasted. Jenny is getting less subtle with each episode, and the roving reporter stuff is just lazy writing. I laughed at the burping for the same reason. I still laugh at farts. <laughs> just, just on that, would you guys agree? I think we've got a really healthy amount of Lynn in this week's episode. Yeah, certainly extended Lynn with the Monty Don, although she doesn't play a, a particularly massive role, I suppose. No, but I, I just liked it was that we saw more than her just being a little mouse around Alan in the studio, which is all we've kind of got in the last three weeks. So, yeah, it worked for me. And then finally, we've had an email from Drew who says, um, while I have generally found this time to be very, very good, I've been waiting for a real groin wrecker of a joke. And the moment that I realised Alan was giving CPR to a sex doll, <laughs> provided it. <laughs> so, yeah, fair enough. Remember, those tits were everywhere. <laughs> they really were. <laughs> We've had some correspondence about the uh, the dummy in the window theory um, at Ruddy Superb uh, messages in and says, apropos the mysterious mannequin style figure looking out of Alan's window, could it be a reference to this genuine story about Alan's nemesis Edmonds? And he sent us a link, which is a link to uh, actually he sent us a screen grab, thankfully not a link to the Daily Mail saying, has he gone nuts? Meet the two women in Noel Edmonds life, the wife he says the cosmos found for him and the fully clothed dummy he takes everywhere. Now, a bit of further investigation into this appears to be a story that he said on uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, that he uses a doll, or he used a doll in a black... He had his own black cab, basically, and to stop um, people from hollering, hollering at him when he stopped traffic lights, he used to have a dummy in the back of the cab. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> There seemed to be some speculation on the show as to whether it was actually true or not. But um, people were just, you know, uh, uh, at you really know, superb speculated that this might be the reason or the inspiration, I should say, for why Alan has what appears to be a doll hanging out in the window. I think I've heard that doll in a cab theory, uh, but about someone else. So I think it's a bit of an urban myth type territory we're going into there, probably. Yes, and if you've listened to the full episode for uh, episode four of this time, you'll know that um, Adam had a theory that uh, this was a joke that had been sort of set up uh, a few years ago when uh, Scissor R went out, because we've had a, a tweet from at uh, Del Randall 65 who uh, posted a screen grab of Denton Abbey at the start of Scissor Isle uh, where you can see a similar figure in the window appearing sort of mm. apropos of nothing um, so I mean Adam this was your theory that this had been a joke that perhaps had been set up many many years ago uh, yes, or I, I sus my best working theory is that they put a mannequin in the window in Scissor Isle thinking this could be a great thing to call back to. We'll finish the joke later. 
so they basically just set up a few things that they didn't know if they were going to use them or not. They could just be there as sort of curiosities. And then down the line, when they're writing more Partridge, they thought, ah, do you remember that mannequin? We can turn that into something now. Could be. I mean, it's 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 possible. Um, I think it's something we're going to have to hope that maybe the Gibbons at some point address if someone asks them at a Q&A or on Twitter and they just decide to answer or something like that. And looking at the screen grabs have been sent as well. It looks like the dummy is orientated in the same window. So it looks like there is a follow through because obviously we've had a few people get in touch saying the the two Den- the Denton Abbey of Scissor Isle is not actually the same Denton Abbey as uh, the one we see in this time. But I don't think that's supposed to be like a narrative joke that Alan's in a different house. I think that's probably the reality of they literally couldn't access the house they had for Scissor Isle, so they've got they've shot around one in this time that looks as similar as possible to it um so yeah it'll be interesting to see whether anything more comes of this very perplexing um we've had a theory from at fashion worked about ruth um he says did alan do more than splash shandy on ruth we know he's an unreliable narrator and she's not said what happened yet that is entirely possible in fact i wonder that if, if, if rather than splashing they had some sort of altercation and he threw a drink at her that would probably justify her uh, her coldness towards him now we've been quite mm. hard on ruth but that's on the basis that he just splashed a bit of shandy once uh, if it is more serious then uh, maybe ruth's in the right here keen to see if that story develops over time to be honest we've still got two more episodes to go so fingers crossed we'll get a bit more insight over the coming um, episodes yeah that's that's a solid theory i like that uh we've also had a tweet from gary pl saying i think alan is still doing mid-morning matters he told sam i present mid-morning matters not presented and of course simon said his off-the-cuff speech in episode two was much better than the one in the car so yeah i think we uh i think we're all in agreement there that he is doing the radio show in norwich uh, or north norfolk uh, and then hot footing it down to london for this time um, and next up, we have a comment from at uh, Erna um, saying, I don't really get the issue with redoing segments that we might have seen in past episodes. Most shows like this have recurring segments. Why wouldn't this time? Um, I mean, obviously, we do have some recurring segments. So the likes of Psychic Simon and there are some jokes that are uh, kind of repeated. Um, but I don't know. I think they I think they strike the right balance of repeating jokes and having the same characters week in week out whilst also keeping it fresh with new scenes and new segments so personally i think they get that balance quite right yeah i just think actually there is a big difference between whether they're redoing jokes or redoing segments so having simon at the digital with alan every week great more of that having simon making the same error that we've seen the week before that's where it feels like a bit of a letdown. I think that's the point we we're making, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think I, I think the reason that this sort of this element, or sorry, this feedback was included in, in in this episode is that I think we've seen quite a few tweets of people saying, "Oh, they're just repeating gags, they're repeating segments. It's a bit lazy." Whereas actually, I think this is this tweet is actually quite a good point that yeah, in a show like this, you would have repeating segments. But yeah, I think it's right they need to get the balance of repeating the segments versus repeating the gag or repeating the payoff. We 
we've had a tweet from Paul Hitchin who uh, sent us a link to something that I mean I'd never seen before uh, a website that I hadn't seen before which is I think brilliant which is alansloveliestuff.com it's an actual website you can go and check it out and basically what it is it's sort of an aggregator site that pulls um, links to external sites that um, are themed to Alan so for example um, there's a little button that says cracking owl century that links to an adopt an owl gift box uh, there's a wall, image of a walnut gear knob you click on that it links you to Amazon where you can buy a walnut gear knob uh, traffic cones similarly available to buy on Amazon <laughs> you can buy crab sticks from there uh, there's a button which li- takes you to an mp3 of the theme tune to black beauty uh, links to Amazon to buy Bravo to zero by actually uh, by Andy McNabb which actually improves with every read a Corby trouser press and more so it's a bit of an aggregator site of lots of different themes and products and elements from Alan's life that you can actually buy in real life which I think is quite a nice little site it's like Amazon for the APU yeah basically yeah fantastic um it wouldn't be a feedback episode on monkey tennis without someone pointing out one of our many fuck-ups uh, <laughs> this time this time it's tom dark's turn i think to uh, take my the turn yep. uh he referred to alan's uh, yellow car that we see come up when we're scrolling through his ipad photos on uh, the, on episode three of this time uh, as a yellow ferrari uh, at pop fictional has been in touch to say the yellow car in alan's camera reel is a lotus esprit and therefore tied to alan's love of the roger moore james bond as it featured heavily in the spy who loved me I feel Alan would be furious to see it misidentified. I think you're quite possibly right. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Uh, as much as as much as cars are Coogan's strong point, they are our weakness. So uh, thanks for clearing that one up. And one final message before we wrap this episode up. We had an email from Nate Lanson. Uh, he writes, I noticed something in episode two. You thought Alan wanted it to feel like the city hall scene in Welcome to the Place of My Life. Did you notice the stock music for both scenes is the same? They rebadged it, you fool. Great spot. Did not notice that. Yeah, that that is an excellent spot. A very deep dive. Uh, Fantastic. And I think that concludes the uh, feedback for this episode. Um, If you have got thoughts, theories, concerns, quibbles, complaints, uh, then do let us know uh, in relation to episodes of ours or episodes of this time or indeed any part of the APU Alan Partridge universe. On Instagram, it's at Monkey Tennis Pod, Twitter at The Partridge Pod, Facebook.com slash The Partridge Pod, ThePartridgePod at gmail.com and the hotline is 07923600017. We'll be back next Wednesday as we tackle episode five of this time Alan's Me Too episode Uh, until then from all of us at Monkey Tennis the Alan Partridge fan podcast thanks and goodbye I'm so tired Aha Damn back of the net Monkey Tennis in no way you big spastic you're a mentalist Damn that was the noise Monkey Tennis I got uh, really drunk last night Sick everywhere. Monkey tennis? Uh, minor criticism. More distance between the eggs and the beans. Monkey tennis? I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. You're like packing. Basically, beef tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Can I have a glass of water, please? The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 